Dion, and uh, you guys can just keep playing soft if you like. I like. I like if you would like. <laughs> we went down, and Dion and uh, all of the, the uh, Porter girls, I hate saying Porter girls because they have names, Catherine, Hannah, Elizabeth, Melita, and Jessica all went down with uh, Dion on Friday, and when they got there, they met Richie. We'll show you a picture of Richie in just a moment. Uh, but they got down, and, and Dion started talking to Richie, and he asked Richie about his relationship with the Lord. And Richie said, well, my family, he said, I was brought up in church, and he said, my family uh, has always gone. And he said, I'm just kind of keeping the tradition. And uh, it wasn't that he had a personal relationship. And Dion, just being sensitive to the Lord, just left it right there. And uh, so that was Friday. Saturday, we came in. Uh, we're late night, Saturday night. Sunday, we went to different ministries. and We went to um, the church where we were last year. Pastor Julio, we went to his church and we ministered there. And uh, I don't even know what we did Sunday night. It's a blur. But Monday... We got up Monday. Isn't it Monday that when we had Tim pray for us? Was that Monday? Monday morning. We were, uh, Tim, who's over Casa Grande, he prayed. He would do devotions every morning. And uh, we were, the presence of the Lord just got really thick (laughs) in the room that morning. And the Lord started ministering. And uh, I think the Lord really ministered to my daughter that morning. Trina, the uh, Tim and Tim and Trina are missionaries to Dominican Republic. They they own the uh, missionary outreach center called Casa Grande. It's where teams will come and they'll stay, and then he carries them out and they minister in the different communities and things like that. So Tim and Trina run the Casa Grande, and Tim was sharing devotions, and the presence of the Lord just really started ministering. And Trina had uh, a word for my daughter and for some others, and just really prayed over them. And we just really sensed, uh, I really sensed that Tim, who is an amazing evangelist, he's probably the most bold, amazing evangelist I've personally ever met in my life. Not read about, but met. Just a man with a heart for the Lord, for souls, and it didn't matter what others thought. Just an amazing evangelist. And uh, I went to Dion, I said, Dion, I think it would be really cool if this started this week, we had Tim just... Tim and Trina just lay hands on us and pray over us. And I was thinking of more like a fire tunnel kind of thing, and I think that's what Dion said. But what they did is they individually prayed for every person. If they felt like the Lord had a word for them, they'd give it to each person. So that morning, our departure was delayed a little bit from Casa Grande because Tim and Trina just prayed over everyone. What was so cool, though, at the end of that, Tim, that evening, Tim said, I've got to share something with you. He said, after the devotions, he said, we were standing there, and he said, my hands just began to pulsate with like the power of God, with heat. He said, they were just pulsating. He said, I've never had that happen before. And he said, it, right after that started happening, he said, Todd walked over and said, hey, would you be willing to pray for everyone? <laughs> so uh, so we, we did that, and he prayed for each of us. And we came back in that night, and we were... Uh, we were sitting there at the table and we were sharing some different testimonies and things like that. And uh, we were sitting there and the Lord was just really ministering to my heart. And about that time, Ananya spoke up and she said, I think we should pray before we, leave, before we go to bed. 
And it was probably already after 10, 10 or 10.30. Pull Zach down a little bit, Diana. You're good. No, that's all right. It was just, I didn't want to, you jam. You just go ahead. But uh, Ananya said, I think we should all pray together. And it's funny. I love when the presence of the Lord comes in a room and we don't really know what to do with it. Yeah, I mean, if you've never been there, I pray you experience that even today before you leave. Because there are times when the presence of the Lord comes in and all our reasoning, we just go, okay, here's what we should do. And the Lord says, okay, you can start there. So the presence of the Lord was just, the manifested presence of the Lord is really strong in the room. And, and Ananya said, let's pray. And some others said, well, let's just get in a big circle and we'll let everybody pray. We'll go around the circle. <laughs> and I'm just going to be totally transparent because almost every... Uh, person I talked to, <laughs> you're laughing too loud, Hannah. Almost every other person I talked to was like, Really? Jesus, let me just go to bed. <laughs> I'm tired. I ain't feeling it. <laughs> but the, you could tell the Lord was there, but to really to go around the room and for 26 people to pray individually. And these people were getting bold already. They wouldn't just say, Thank you, Jesus, for this day. Amen. They were praying. So we started out with Fireball Ananya, and she was praying down fire. And the presence of the Lord just began to stir. And then Dion prayed. And here's what was so awesome. I'm standing there, and I'm looking. Because Ananya is just three people this way. So that means I'm all the way at the end. And I go, okay, Jesus. <laughs> Can't you tarry one hour? I'm going to tarry here one hour. And the presence of the Lord began to just thicken and thicken. And it went from Dion to one other pray. Then it jumped all the way to the other side of the circle. And I was like, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> ha, ha, ha. And it jumped from there back to the other side of the circle. Then I prayed, and, I, and then Miss, Miss uh, Ina prayed. And Ina is 86, is that right? 80. 80 years old. 80 years old. And I'm telling you, every, all but one, every time we went out street evangelism, going from door to door and just inviting people to the meetings, Miss Ina was there. And plus, for six of the days, she played a drunk in one of the skits. <laughs> I'm telling you the truth. 80 years old. She'd come out with a bottle. She's awesome. She could hijack you, though. Miss Ina got something in her heart. She'd just pull you aside, and you're there. You're stuck. She's going to be with you for a minute, a quick minute. But uh, Miss Ina prayed, and the presence of the Lord just really began to stir, and we just had an unction for those who needed to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Because Acts chapter 2, verse 38 said, this promises to all who will receive. To all who will receive. So we, we extended this invitation for those who would like to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And as we did, Richie stepped up. And he said, that's me. And Dion headed him off real quick. And he said, what do you mean, Richie? Do you want to give your heart? He said, yes, I want to have a relationship with Jesus. I don't want it to be based on mom and dad's tradition. I want to have a relationship with Jesus. So Richie, we, Richie accepted the Lord and we prayed for him and Richie was filled with the Holy Spirit right then. And then our other, tra- he was one of our translators. He was our youngest. He was 16. We had a 17? 16, right? Thank you, Hannah. <laughs> I'm just saying. He was 16, about to be 17, I think. Then we had uh, Jennifer. She's 19. And then we had Conrado, Conrad, and he was 34, Conrad, was our, they were our three main interpreters. So on Monday night, 
I mean, Monday morning we had that service where the Lord just ministered. I mean, everybody was weeping how the Lord just ministered to us before we ever went out on our first full day of ministry. And then we come together this night, and Richie just, the Lord just wrecks him. That's a good thing. And the presence of the Lord is just really ministering to Richie. And Jennifer's just standing there, and uh, she's got such a sweet spirit. And I go, and I say, what's going on? She said, wow, the Lord's just ministering, just wrecking me. And I said, okay, so I just leave her alone. Because I've learned that he does a lot better job than I do. Amen? I'll come along when he says come, but if the Lord's ministering, I'll just step back. I don't think everybody who comes to the altar has to have somebody in their ear. Amen. That's the way we say it in the DR. Amen. But uh, so I was just letting the Lord minister. Then I don't remember who it was went back up to Jennifer. But I looked, and Jennifer's really stirred. So and I say, well, what is it? She said, I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. This is the same night. She said, I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I said, okay, so me and who was with me? Tisha and John. Yeah, John. John's awesome. John's Dominican, and he's just full of the fire of God. And uh, John is who we as a ministry blessed with our portable sound system this year. Every year we take one down and we leave it. And uh, John is an evangelist and... uh, has really been praying about leaving the DR and going to Guatemala. And, and uh, Tim, who has been mentoring him, who's over at Casa Grande, said, well, what he was waiting on was a portable sound system. So uh, we're excited to see what the Lord does there. But John and I and Tisha are praying with Jennifer. And she's just hungry. She's just crying out. And little by little, you see the presence of the Lord just getting heavier and heavier on her. And she just crumbles and just starts praying out in the Holy Ghost. So I get excited now. I'm just all stirred up. And uh, I'm looking around the room, and one of the guys there has got his iPad out, and he's just videoing. And I'm like, I got to have, have a copy of that, uh, Mark. Mark was videoing. And uh, was that the night you got wrecked, Hannah, or was yours the next night? Hannah, was that the night you got wrecked? Or was it? So I come out from praying with Jennifer and Ashley. Ashley's gone to her room. I, I'm just telling you, I wish I could have just st- stood back, but I'm, I am, uh, I don't think selfish is the right word. I'm just too hungry. I'm not going to step back and watch. I'm going to be in the middle of it. If it's stirring up, I want you to get yours, but you're going to have to get around me to get it because I'm going to be there in the front. If the Lord's doing it. I'm just that hungry. I know how real he is. And he manifests himself in so many different ways. And if we'll just be sensitive and we can see him moving. So I was watching our kids and Melita, stop it. Melita, when the presence of the Lord comes in the room, she'll just either sing in the spirit or weep. And it's not a sad weeping. It's just the presence of the Lord. on. So about the time Richie says, I want to get saved, Melita just wails. And then it's just like... And it's all over me now. And the presence of the Lord is just so thick in there. And we're ministering. The kids are ministering. Little Ashley. I call her little Ashley because Jonathan has two Ash. Jonathan don't have two Ashleys. And she's the smallest. She's not little anymore, but she's the youngest of the two. She was with us, and I was just watching. You ever been in those places when the presence of the Lord is just moving, and it's almost, I'm not trying to super spiritualize, but it's almost an out-of-body kind of a deal. It's like you're there, but you're almost stepping back and you're watching and you're seeing what's going on. And you go, wow. 
And I shared this last year when we came back. We had an encounter like this last year. I said, it's really one of those upper room encounters where the presence of the Lord comes in like a mighty rushing wind. And you just sit back and you go, wow, wow, wow. And I'm looking at what's going on in the room. And we got kids just laughing. We got kids crying. We got Catherine laying in the floor. And uh, I mean, it's just, I'm just overwhelmed by the reality. And this wasn't stirred up emotionally. We were praying. You understand? We weren't in this long worship set, which I'm for, 100%. But we just started praying because we sensed the Lord doing something. And it was instigated by a just-turned-15-year-old yesterday. Ananya and Melita both turned 15 yesterday. Woo-hoo! But uh, Ananya just said, I sensed the Lord saying this. And we were sensitive to what the Lord was saying. And I was looking around the room at what the Lord was doing. And uh, I was there ministering to Jennifer. And uh, Dion taps me on the shoulder. And he said, Ashley had gone to bed. Because this is after one now. I forgot to tell you that. This is around one in the morning. And uh, Ashley had gone to, as it had started to ease or simmer down or whatever you want to call it. Ones had started going to their rooms and things like that. And uh, I, I turned around and he said, Ashley has an, an urgent, I can't remember how he said it, an urgent matter that she wants to discuss with you. I said, okay. And uh, I turned around and she's straight faced. And I go, hey, Ash, what's going on? And she goes, and tears start streaming. I mean, she was all together until I said, hey, what is it? And then she was just, she fell apart like a $2 suitcase. She was just, tears just started running down her cheek. And she said, when I went in the room, she said, would you like to share it? Instead of she said, I'll let her say. Hello. Um, so after everything, as Pastor Todd said, after everything had calmed down, um, I went to my room to go change for bed. And the whole trip, and when we got there, I hadn't been thinking about the building Todd was looking for or anything about the church for the building wise. And I'm changing and I get this word. So I go to see Pastor Todd and as he said, I was fine until he came up and started talking to me. I have that effect on people. <laughs> um, and I told him, I said, not too long after you get back from the DR, you're going to find the perfect building you've been looking for for the church. I said, it's going to have a big sanctuary and it's going to have a big children's area like we've been looking for. And I, it's funny because, like I said, I had not been thinking about it, and I just got that word. And Pastor Todd started crying. He's like, oh, my God, thank you so much. I was so, so I was so excited, and I couldn't wait, even though, you know, it was like time for bed. It's like, no. Amen. <laughs> so, yeah. Amen. Amen. So that's awesome. I mean... Not the, not the, I cut myself off. And my back, I'm back. Not as much the words she had, but just her obedience to step out in it. And uh, to say, you know what, Lord, I'll be used by you. So that's around 1.30 in the morning. And everybody finally disperses and goes back to bed. Well, the next morning, we come back together and Conrad comes. And, and uh, everybody starts talking about what's going on and what happened. And Conrad said, I was up till 1.30 in the morning. 
He had no idea we were up till 1.30. He said, I was up till 1.30 in the morning praying because he said, I want my prayer language. He said, I want the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He said, since I've been in this country, I haven't been praying in the Spirit. He said, I just know I need that power. So I said, tonight's your night, buddy. <laughs> tonight's your night. And uh, I think in our slideshow, which I'll show in just a moment, I think one of them, we have two different ones we'll show, but in one of them it shows Conrad laid out. And to know Conrad, I mean, to understand this, you've got to know who Conrad is. Conrad was raised in the United States. And uh, he's from, his parents are from El Salvador. And at a young age, Conrad got involved in gangs. And not just, hey, let's hang out together. If you've seen the news at all in the past few years, you know what MS-13 is. He was in MS-13. He was in the gang. I'm talking about drive-by shooting someone who's not in your gang, who doesn't decree or call the same colors as you. You shoot them. Uh, that kind of gang. And uh, that's what his background was. And got arrested someone in his gang, turned him in, turned evidence against him on the, for the police. And uh, him and his brother and I think his cousin went to prison. It was in prison. In Texas, he said that uh, this little short red-headed guy came in ministering to the prisoners and wanted to minister to him. And he was just mocking him at first, but this guy just was persistent and kept sharing the love of Jesus. And Conrad just broke and began to weep. And his, his uh, gang members were like, Conrad, what's wrong with you? And he was, he was just, the presence of the Lord just really ministered to him. So he gets deported to El Salvador. They kick him out of the country. And uh, when he goes to El Salvador, the gangs find him again, and he has a season of that. And the Lord just really pulled him out through a praying grandmother and a praying mother. An aunt and a grandmother, I believe it was, that had really prayed for him. And his grandmother said this, said, Conrad, when you were little, I would do anything for you, wouldn't I? She said, yeah. She said, well, here's what I want you to do. Do one thing for me. And he said, oh, Grandma, no. Because he was like done with church. She said, I want you to go to Teen Challenge. And uh, so he went and God radically wrecked and changed his life. And from El Salvador, he, he was sent to the Dominican Republic to start a Teen Challenge. And he had been there for seven years, I think. He'd been in the DR. And he had talked about since he's been here, he hadn't had his prayer language. So that night after the meetings, we all came together and we started praying. We were praying over Conrad. And uh, in his testimony, what he shared... He's got a tattoo on his arm. It's, a, it's Jesus on the cross, and under it it says Chicago. And he said, really, when he got it, it was almost a mockery because he didn't care anything about Jesus. But Chicago was his best friend from growing up that bled to death in his arms who, because of a, a gang shooting that he got shot at but didn't get hit. And his friend Chicago took four, I think, four slugs in the chest. And he came, when he ran back to him, he was gurgling and bleeding out in his arms and uh, just said, don't forget me. And uh, he, it, he watched his best friend die in his arms over a gang. And he made a statement that just rocked me. He said, there were many times they would ask him, what do you claim? Another gang would catch him by himself and say, what do you claim? And he would, he would declare MS-13 or Primera, La Primera. That's what he would say. And one time he said a guy put a gun to his head and pulled it two or three times and nothing happened. So then he just beat him. 
almost to death with the, with the gun because it didn't kill him. And he, he, uh, he talked about how hard he had gotten. And when we were praying for him, he just began to weep and he began to pray in the spirit. And afterwards, after things had settled down, I sat down with him and I just started talking with him. And he said, man, you don't understand what the Lord did in my heart. He said, it's been years since I've been able to cry. I said, well, you had a bunch of people from the river pray over you. You're destined to cry. <laughs> we know how you do anything is cry. Hallelujah. Uh, and uh, he just sat there and he wept. He said, man, it wasn't just my prayer language. He said, it was like something was broken off of me. And uh, I looked. And that's in two days we saw all three of our interpreters. And that's not to mention one of our interpreters who was there a little bit was Tim and Trina's son. He's 16 too, I believe. 17. He's 17. He got wrecked. He was laid out in the floor. He, I mean, he's a missionary kid. He was laid out in the floor by the presence of the Lord. And um, it was just amazing to see. And here's the thing. Why am I sharing all this? Because here's how it started. Just sensitivity to the Spirit of the Lord. I shared this not too long ago. But I was reading in a book by Bill Johnson called Hosting the Presence. And he said, I don't know at what point the church or the body transitioned from Sunday morning being about a message instead of it being about the presence of the Lord. That Sundays have transitioned to we got to go to church so we can get a message. Not so that we can go and be just endued, infatuated, and over, overwhelmed. Not with an emotional experience, but with the richness of who God is about his presence if you look from the old covenant to the new covenant under the old covenant what did they follow they followed the ark what did the ark represent the presence of god and what happened in those meetings and here's the thing the lord showed me i shared this wednesday night it wasn't that well we went on a mission trip and we were ripped of all our modern conveniences that wasn't it we had wi-fi there were people facebooking there were people chatting there were all kind of kinds of things going on but what the difference was is our focus wasn't just on let's do that our focus was on the Lord and the Lord showed me that we can have that here we always say I wish we could have that here we can we just have to make a decision that that's what we want more than anything we have to make a decision that that that's our priority it's not our toy it's not our home it's not our job it's it's Jesus that he is because I'm telling you I had intended before we left to go on the trip I intended I was gonna take a whole week and just I was gonna spend two or three days in fasting and in prayer and get my heart ready to go and you know what the week before I left to go to the DR was probably the busiest week I've had in years I mean if, when I finished one thing there was three more to do and I was just running 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 I'm like Lord I'm a, you know Lord I wanted to fast and pray <laughs> what happened and I really felt the Lord, he said, you need to understand. Here's where I believe most of us miss it. We think you've got to be in a service like we had to experience the presence of the Lord. That's not it. Those are the ones when we come together and we understand of one heart and one mind. And there's a physical manifestation of that. But you've got to understand and you've got to know that you are his child. And you've got to know how to host his presence in your life in the midst of the chaos. Because if you can't host him and you can't be sensitive to him in the midst of the chaos, you'll never do it. You'll never experience that coming together when there's such an amazing outpouring because you're so distracted by everything in life. And if there's something that I took away from our trip, it wasn't just all the encounters we had. We saw God touch people physically. We saw hundreds of people come to know the Lord. In one day, I think they said over 100 people come to know the Lord. In one day. 
But it wasn't just that. It was about learning how to be sensitive and to hear His voice and to be in communion with Him even when you feel like you're running around in circles. Even when you feel like life is chaotic. It's in that time that we get the most intimate with Him and the closest with Him. So when we come together like this and the chaos of the world is not jerking on us, that we can really press in and see Him for who He is, the beauty of who He is. Because we're not coming to get, we're coming to give. Does that make sense to anybody other than me? We're coming to give. And that's what I saw in our team. We came together to give. And every time we went out, it wasn't just to go hand out a paper. It wasn't just to go invite somebody to a meeting. We were looking for opportunities to just give of what was in us. And I shared before we left that the Lord was really doing a work on my heart about the direction of this ministry and uh, where we're going and what I feel He's going to have us doing in the near future. And one of the things that the Lord really spoke to my heart while I was there, He took me back when I in front of that church of 700 people, interpreter Conrad went with me to interpret. And he was almost white on the way there because he was just scared. Man, are you nervous? I said, no, man, man I'm, whew, I ain't never preaching nothing like this, man. I'm nervous. I don't know. He was just, <laughs> he, was, he was so nervous. A couple of times on the way, man, I'm nervous. You nervous? No, Conrad. What are you preaching on? I said, I don't know yet. Oh, man, well, let me know. I will look it up. I said, <laughs> I said, all right, I'll let you know. So we're there. And I said, first I told him we was going to start in Colossians. And I said, no, I believe we're going to start in Ezekiel 47, 47, 9, which is the, so he's looking in his Bible. He goes, you said Exodus 47? It's 40 chapters, I think, in Exodus. So he was really sweating in. I only got 40, man. <laughs> I said, no, Ezekiel. He's Okay, so then he's, you know, playing Bible roulette. He's flipping back and forth, but he's so sh shook up, and he gets it, and he's good. And, and he said, man, you're not, I said, look, whether it's five or 500, it's irrelevant. It's the same Jesus. It's the same message. It's the same Holy Spirit. It's irrelevant of what the number is. All that matters is Jesus. As Acts 4 says, it's the only name. His name is the only name that's given among men whereby we must be saved. It's the name of Jesus. And if we lift up Jesus in his name, he's the one who, who brings people into salvation. He's the one who brings people into relationship, into covenant with him, to encounter with him. So as we were, we were there and we were ministering, it was just awesome to see his heart and his passion. And... Um, uh, the week, that's what we saw the Lord doing. And what I want us to do is to understand that's not just something that we, we went and we got there. It was something that we carried with us because we had set our heart and our mind, our attention on the Lord. Does that make sense? And uh, I want to have a few other testimonies. Hannah, I love you too. Um, I don't speak very well in front of people. <laughs> um, when I went, I was kind of, um, kind of depressed actually, because last year we all went and it was amazing. And um, I, 
like all the people that we met and um, I knew that this year was going to be different because we weren't spending time at the church that we spent last year and we all met a lot of kids that we kind of adopted as our own um, and I knew that this year we wouldn't it wouldn't be like that at all so I was kind of nervous kind of scared um, a little bit angry too um, Amen. <laughs> and um, we got there and you know my attitude didn't really change I was glad to be there but um, we had we had two days um, me and my sisters and Dion had two days before we actually went out and ministered and um, you know it was just I, I hadn't really prepared for this trip at all um, I, I was just there basically and then um, Monday night rolls around and um, Melita starts weeping and uh, <laughs> we all know from there that it's just <laughs> so um, Melita starts weeping and Ricky, Richie goes down and Jenny goes down and Ashley goes down and a bunch of other people go down Catherine. and um, Catherine goes down and I'm, I'm just sitting there praying for Richie and <laughs> I'm sitting cross-legged on the floor and all of a sudden I can't control myself anymore and I just fall backwards and um, just I couldn't control myself and um, the, the spirit of God had just come so heavy that nobody, like nobody, could do anything about it. They couldn't control themselves. It was just, it was just so powerful and so thick. And um, God just started to work in my heart and um, just work with me about. There are a lot of things that I had taken on that I didn't need to take on, and um, there was a lot of, um, I don't know, responsibility that I thought I needed that I that I thought I had. Um, and I didn't need it. And so I don't know how long. It was at least three hours I was just laying on the floor. And I, I, I couldn't even get back to bed because I was so... Uh, Dion had to carry me back to bed. And I, I, I couldn't do anything about it. Literally, she was like a dish rag. Her head was just laid back. On the <laughs> um, and um, the Lord just started to work in my heart from there on. And it was... Nothing was the same. Amen. And it, it was... Everything just meant so much more to me. And um, it was like wherever we went, it wasn't just, you know, you're going to preach the name of God, you know, or whatever. It was, these people need you, you know. These people have a heart just like you, and they need to be touched just like you. And um, it just, you know, it tore me apart every time we went somewhere. And um, there was a couple kids actually... Um, Lucas in the first, I think that was, in yeah, in Tomboril, was like uh, Tuesday or, no, I think so. Wednesday, sure. I don't know, and um, they were just praying over him, and another boy, I can't remember his name, in Tomboril, the that last night. day, yeah, um, it's just, Lucas I can't remember his name, but he was really young. He was six years old, and um, he was possessed. And um, we were praying over him, and I had a word for him and his mom. And um, it was that he was going to see, you know, he was going to see freedom really soon, and that his mom was going to see freedom, and she was going to be relieved. 
And um, it's just really hard because I didn't get to see it right then and there. And um, I really wanted to. Like, that was, that was what I was hoping for, that he would, you know, that he would be freed right there, but he wasn't. And, you know, I was kind of upset about that. And um, I was just asking God about it. And he said, you know, it's not you that I use all the time. I use other people, you know. It's not you um, all the time. I do use you, but it's not you all the time. And that's okay. And um, so that just really spoke to my heart. And this, this trip was incredible. And, you know, I was, I was looking back on our old trip, our last year's trip, and... Um, <laughs> no one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm really glad it wasn't the same at all. Oh, I'm so glad that we did everything different. I'm glad that I got to see Ashley again, but I'm so glad that God used that to touch me and to touch everybody on the trip. Amen. And um, I'm just pressing into God and um, believing in him and um, expecting a lot. Amen. So. Amen. Amen. Who else? Um, when the first night, uh, that we all prayed and, uh, what Hannah was talking about, um, when we were still in the circle, uh, going around and praying, um, a guy named Tyler started praying and he, he was on the previous trip with us as well. Uh, yeah, he was, there was two Tylers and he was, he was the short one and, um, if Mary was here, I'm sure that she would be telling the story, but, um, anyways, he, he started praying and then he finished and it was a good prayer. He talked about the fire in us and I know, I know, I know, I know. And then he He's stopped, telling he, he stopped praying and someone else prayed, but then he prayed again after they were done. And he said that one word was stuck in his mind. And that word was overflow. And then all the people from our church just like started beaming and laughing because overflow is the name of our youth group. Amen. And the majority, the vast majority of us there were youth. And I just thought that was really cool. Amen. That was so awesome. Yeah. And and then my other story, um, one night we were praying again and, uh, um, last year, to back up, sorry, uh, I had received the gift of prophecy, and I feel, I felt like God was maturing me in it this year as well, but since last year, I've wanted to speak in tongues. I've wanted to receive that gift, and I know it says that it's the least of the gifts, but I have a desire for it, um, but I've been pressing into the whole prophecy thing, to put it lightly. And But um, <clears throat> I got my dad to pray for me the first night that we were all praying together as a unit. And I was really frustrated. Um, nothing was happening. I've been asking for a year now uh, 
I've got multiple people to pray for me multiple times, but I wasn't experiencing anything. I mean, obviously I could feel the presence of God, but I didn't feel anything inside of me. Um, but then the next night, uh, when other people... Did it go out? No, okay. Um, did for a second, but Pastor Todd came and asked me if I wanted prayer for it. And I didn't really know what to tell him. I was afraid of being disappointed again. I was afraid that nothing was happening. Um, honestly, I was a little embarrassed because I felt like I couldn't do it. Does that make sense? And I was, I was angry that after trying so hard and after asking so hard and God says, if you ask, you'll receive it. And I was asking, but I felt like nothing was happening. So I told him that I would talk to my dad and get back to him on it. And I did. <laughs> I talked to dad and he, dad said that I shouldn't feel content. I shouldn't feel like I shouldn't give up. I should pursue, I should pursue it. And so we went back. <clears throat> we went back and people started praying for me and Miss Ina kind of headed up. Um, she saw what was happening and she came over and she talked me through it again. She explained what she was going to do. She explained what was uh, going to happen, stuff like that. And she had a, a bit of a different approach to it than uh, Pastor Todd or my dad, or my dad has. Um, I guess that of a sincere old woman, but, <laughs> and, and so they started praying, and more and more people came to me, and more and more people started praying for me, and it, um, and for a time, I believed that he was going to do it right then and there, and more people came, and were hugging on me, and, uh, and it uh, got to the point where it became a little overwhelming with all the people praying and everyone trying to tell me what to do, how to feel. Let go. Hold on. <laughs> and just, I was, it made me confused. I, I didn't know which person to listen to. Uh, and it was, it was difficult. And I was getting disappointed again. Um, I don't, I don't remember who it was. It was either dad or Miss Ina that said, okay, let's, let's, uh, break away from this. Uh, let's go talk. And it was my dad. Yeah, it was my dad. Um, so, <laughs> uh, we left and, uh, Jenny who had received, uh, received it. Was it earlier that night? The, the, the night before. And so, uh, dad, Miss Ina and Jenny and I went and sat in a little secluded corner and Miss Ina just began to talk to me. She talked to me about her story, about how uh, her and her husband, who started Commission Beyond Borders, the group that we were going with, and she just told me her story. She told me how she received the gift, how she grew up in a Baptist church, I believe it was, and how she, she didn't ask for it. She just thought, oh, that's cool. Let me get it. And um, her, her husband didn't want it. Her husband, uh, people had prayed for him, but he said, no, I don't want it. But um, through a long story, she had received it, but she had received it in a completely different way than the others there had. 
And it really spoke to me because it showed me that you don't have to, to receive tongues, you don't have to have a million people praying for you all at once. And you, you don't have to fall on the floor and you don't have to start weeping. She simply laid in bed, put her arms in the air and just asked God. And it, with her, it started with one word. I don't remember what the word was, but it started with one word. I wasn't there. I wasn't in that yeah, group. Yeah, I was, okay. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, and it just grew from that. So it, I realized that it didn't have to be an explosion of the spirit. It can, it can be something completely different. And it really calmed me, and it really brought just a peace to know that there's, there's a chance, there's a way I need to, I can do it on my own. I don't have to have. Amen people doing it for me and uh because this wasn't working at the time i could try something else and it was just it was really nice to know that i can have a piece in it so yeah amen this is ananya dion's daughter and she doesn't have a problem speaking in front of adults or anyone (laughs) she's a amazing leader amazing young lady that we in a year's time it's tremendous how I've seen you mature. I'm so proud of you. And um, so that's the thing. The thing that's been so awesome about this trip is not that everything that happened exactly like we wanted it to, but you know what's so awesome? We just said, you know what? We're going to keep going because we know what the Lord said, and we're going to keep going after it. And that's what, I guess, has been a theme (coughs) through the whole thing. We had uh, one night, we had the privilege on Friday night to launch a new ministry in the village of Yasaka. Um, and what was so amazing about that, as we were doing some street evangelism, inviting people and things like that, there was a church down at the bottom of the hill, which was an evangelistic church is what it, the title said. And they were on the loudspeaker as Dion and them walked by saying, these people are a cult, don't listen to them. And that village was at the bottom of the hill and the new church was up at the top of the hill. And uh, that church is at the bottom of the hill. And I'm saying uh, a quarter mile if it's that far away from each other. But um, that Friday night, we were there to see this church plant. And there were a lot of people who came as guests from the pastor who was planting the church. Uh, it was, a, it was a, another church plant from his ministry. And there were, so there was a lot of people there from that. And a, a fewer number of people from the village but we saw several people come to know the Lord and there was this one man who was uh, he came in he could barely walk coming in he didn't have crutches or anything he could barely uh, motivate in the building and he came down for salvation and when he came down my eyes locked on him because his leg was just crippled it was bent up and uh, it was all he could do to get in the building. And I looked at Stephen, and Stephen's eyes locked in on him. And uh, after we had prayed with those to receive the Lord, the next call was for those who wanted healing. So we stood there, and we were praying, and Stephen was there, and he had Richie praying praying with him. And we were, we were standing there praying, and I just really sensed in, in my heart the Lord said, have him sit down. So we had him sit down, and we started praying for him. And Stephen said, can I take his shoes off? So Stephen took his shoes off, and he had his hands there in his hand. And as we were praying, he said, we kept asking him, how's it going? You know, what's going on? He said, I've got feeling in my leg. He had no feeling below his knee, I think, or below his hip. I can't remember. Below his knee, and he had no sensation at all. And he said, I have feeling. I have sensation in my leg again. 
So we rejoiced in that. We go, praise the Lord. It was still a little crooked, and I was wanting to see it grow out because it's about two inches shorter than the other one. And uh, we had him. We were just sitting there. We were praying. And Stephen had, his, had a prophetic word. He said his first like that. And he looks at Richie, and he said, ask him was he in an automobile accident. And so Richie asked him was he in an automobile accident. Accident, and he goes, yeah. And Stephen said, "That's great, or that's good." And Richie, the interpreter, looked at Stephen like, "It's good that he was in a wreck." <laughs> and Stephen said, "No, it's not good that he's in a wreck. It's good that it was right, because that's what the Lord had put in my heart." <laughs> Stephen was all excited that the word that he received from the Lord was right, because we had no idea what was wrong. So, long story short, I don't know how long we ministered, but that was what was so precious about this trip. We had time to minister. It wasn't just Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, go. God bless you. Be, be warmed and filled as you go. We had an opportunity to minister to the people. And when we got through, his leg wasn't totally straight, but he was walking, which he couldn't do. When he came in, he said, I've got feeling. I've got control of my leg. He was rejoicing. He said, I don't have a Bible. We had him a Bible. I got a picture on your camera with him. Stephen and I do. I want that picture. But uh, what was so awesome, Sunday night when I spoke in the big church, the pastor of that church is the one who planted the church. And he said he went back to Yasaka that night, and the church was full, but this time it was from people from the village. And said that uh, near I, the report that I got is that those who had given their heart to the Lord were all there. And uh, that this time the church was full, but it wasn't for, from visitors who came to plant a church. It was from people in the village who had heard from those whose lives had been touched by the meeting. And what's so awesome is, is, is that our ministry team, not just the river, but the whole ministry team, conducted that whole service. There was, a drum, there was a dance that was done by the church, but the dramas and the message was given by Curtis, the dramas, the testimonies, Tisha shared her testimony. All that was done by our team, and those people came to know the Lord. So it was just amazing, amazing to see what the Lord did. Anybody else before we close? We've got a couple things we're going to do. Tish, M. Anyone? Brianna? She's trying to hide back in the back, but I see her. Y'all good? Um, this trip for me was like way outside of my comfort zone. My husband went last year, if many of y'all know that. Um, and this year we had planned both of us to go. We had planned for both of us to go. I had planned for both of us to go. And um, <clears throat> turns out we didn't have the finances for it. And I was mad. I told him, I said, I'm not going. I'm not going without you. And um, the more and more we prayed about it, I felt like the Lord was saying, you need to go. This is your chance. You need to be go and just be outside of your yourself outside of your husband outside of your home outside of your church um <clears throat> so I went and I was expecting I didn't know what to expect but I expected good things and this is just really simple there was a lot of amazing things that happened um God used all of us in different ways which I thought was cool it wasn't all the same all the time um but one night we had we were doing a children's ministry and we had separated the children from the adults they were doing adult um, ministry also and we were with the children and uh, earlier that day 
Todd had asked me which one did I want to do. Deep down inside, I really wanted to do the adults, but I thought, okay, I'm going to do the children. It'll be fun, you know, get out of my comfort zone, which I love kids, so it wasn't that big of a deal. But we got in there, um, went really well. You know, a lot of them gave their lives to the Lord, and then we asked if any of them needed healing or prayer for anything. So I just sat on the floor, and a lot of girls were coming up, and we would pray, and um, this one little girl came up, and uh, she kind of hesitated. She was just sitting there, and Richie was beside me. He was my interpreter at the time. And um, she just kept looking, her big brown eyes. I mean, these kids are gorgeous. Some of them are Haitian, some of them are Dominican. Um, so anyway, she just said, I want God to love me. And mm. I just, I lost it. I started crying, and Richie was like, what? Because he did, I was making, you know, when you cry, you go, oh, I was like that. And he said, what? Like he was trying to interpret something. <laughs> I said, nothing, it's okay. I was like, it's okay. And I just hugged her. And I didn't, I didn't feel the need for him to even interpret because I just held her. And I said, God loves you. You don't have to do anything. Um, so I just, it touched me, blessed me. And I know it blessed her. So um, just Amen. something simple. Amen. What Emily didn't share is when we were in Tamboril, she gave the altar call, and uh, I don't know how many, I'm not sure, but several people came down and gave their heart to the Lord, so she had really, to begin with, didn't want to go on the trip, then she went, and God was using her to change lives, and she ended up giving an altar call, and what I mean is at the end of the service, end of the dramas, everything, she's the one that presented the gospel and asked people to come, and many people came. How cool is that? You know, there are many Christians who go through their whole life and they never have, never take, not have, never take the opportunity to lead another person to the Lord. But here on this trip, uh, everyone who had a heart to do that had the opportunity to do that. And we saw many from our team lead in an altar call. And what was so cool is we had some who said, I, I don't want to really give my testimony, like Savannah. I don't really want to give, I don't know that I have a testimony. I don't want to give my testimony. She gave it the first time, and it was just like, she was jacked. She, she gave it the first time, and she was like, I want to do it again. She said, that was such a rush. That was awesome. I want to do it again. And I think she ended up doing it three times, two more times. She was just like, give me, an, give me a mic and some people. <laughs> and I'll share Jesus with them. And uh, it was amazing, the reports. I want to read some. Dion, you have anything you'd like to share? Uh, Dion was our director. He was over the whole trip. And we just really want to honor Dion. He put the whole deal together. Our trip was so much better this year. It wasn't chaotic. There was real ministry that was done. And he knew that that was the heart, go, our heart going down. And he guarded that. Where last year, many times, we'd be ministering, and right as we were ministering, get in a bus, get in a bus, we got to go, we got to go. And he really guarded that, and he ministered right there with us. And uh, it was awesome to see what the Lord, Lord did. Also, I want to give props to Zach. Zach designed this shirt. I didn't know it. Zachary Janicello designed our shirt. And uh, I didn't, he asked for a picture of it while we were on the trip. I didn't know why. I thought he was going to do something with it here. And uh, no, it was just because he wanted to look at his artwork. He'd never seen his artwork on a T-shirt before, so I thought it was cool, but I wanted to uh, just thank him for that. But for the team and for the church, I have a letter. I have a couple of letters I want to read. 
And uh, a couple things I want to share, and we'll, uh, we're going to do something a little special at the end. It'll be a lot of fun. This is from Conrad, Conrado Contreras, I think is how you say his last name. Blessings to all at the River Church. Wow, I really don't know where to start. Thank God that we can have brothers and sisters where the Lord will knit your heart together. And they may not be somebody you get to see every day, but you know that the Lord has started something that's far beyond what you could have ever expected. <clears throat> and I thank the Lord for Conrad. He's going to get... I want you to pray for Conrad because in January or February of 2013, his... It's not really parole, but his case comes back before the the DA, and he can be admitted back into the states if they choose to do so. So Dion has volunteered, and I volunteered to write letters of recommendation, Commission Beyond Borders as an organization, I think I said they would. Uh, so just be praying for Conrad because he has a baby here, in the state, which she's like 13 now, I think. He got two babies. He said, he would always talk about in his testimony, my baby mama, and Stephen, he could track with that baby mama. But uh, he says, wow, I really not know where to start. Y'all have been a blessing to my life. I truly miss y'all guys. Thanks to you, my fire and love for God has grown. Doors have been opened at the Casa Grande, working with another team. But y'all will always be number one in my heart. And what's so amazing is Thursday of this week, he started working with another team. The Lord opened the door for him to translate. So this weekend, he's translating for the, another team that's in. And while we were at the church on Sunday night, the guy that he's in Bible college with came up to him and said, hey, man, I want you to come next Saturday and speak at my church. So doors are starting to open for him. That's just amazing that he's been there for years, and now doors are really starting to open for him. He said, uh, just got a few words for everyone. Please don't let that fire and love die for missions and for souls. Y'all were awesome. Pastor Todd, son of God, little things come in small packages. <laughs> you rocked. He said, you're a true leader with a big heart. <clears throat> Pastor Dion, great job, great coordinator, awesome heart, last to go to bed and always watched over us. Bree, the pastor's little girl, great heart as well. And the biggest burp for a girl. <laughs> Keep it up. Keep it up. You did great. <clears throat> Tisha, strong woman of God, been through a lot, but the best is yet to come. Ashley, uh, in my voice, which I can't do right now, <laughs> miss you, little sister. And uh, he said, Keep pressing forward. God has big things for you. Emily, my buddy, you have a kind heart for the people and for your Josh. Haha, <laughs> you're an awesome couple for the Lord. Savannah, so much love for the kids and the mission field. Great job. Mel and Steve, my brother and sister. Match made in heaven. 
when I see y'all, wow, your heart and kindness for the souls, for the, for the children is unique. True leaders. An honor to serve y'all. I miss y'all. Baby mama homie. Ananya, Dion's sweetheart and a, a great heart and true leader. God will use you in a big way because you're so humble and nice. Mary, <laughs> what a great shot for a girl. <laughs> Tim, he's all about basketball, the owner of Casa Grande. And he told me on two occasions, man, y'all's two girls talking about Ananya and Mary. He said, they're the best girls i ever seen. They got, gig, they got game. <laughs> they got skill. Uh, skills, and they're so great. Talking about Mary, they're so great. And always use those skills for God's kingdom. Amen. The five Porter sisters. Again, I said the Porter sisters. They have names. But the five Porter sisters. I truly miss y'all. You're awesome. Honestly, props to your mom for leading y'all in the right direction. True hearts and great example of the faith we need to have in the Lord. And for Hannah, la cucaracha, la cucaracha. Because <laughs> we just got really tickled over the fact that that song made it so big in America and it's talking about a cockroach without a leg. I love y'all, miss y'all, and hope to see you soon. May the Lord bless you. Romans 8.35, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? So that's uh, Conrad's letter to us. And I have one other that I want to read, then I'll show some, show some pictures. Um, this is from Raphael. Raphael, is, he was our, I don't know, is guide the right word? Our guide last year when we went down, he was out of Pastor Julio's church, and he was on our bus that would tell us where we were supposed to be. And what was so amazing, Dion's a tremendous leader, and we would, we would be going somewhere, and he would say, well, here's where we're supposed to go, but I don't know how we're going to do anything real effective. But we could go over here, and, and we could make an impact. Dion said, let's go over there. He said, really? Dion said, yeah. He said, okay. And in and, and my words, he'd say, I ain't scared. So we would go and we would just minister and we just saw his heart for the kingdom, not for the religious structure, but for the kingdom. And what was so precious this year, Raphael, as we were there, we ministered with, was it four different ministries? And out of the four ministries we ministered with, Raphael is the only one who went to other ministries. It had nothing to, he had nothing to gain other than just ministering by our side and ministering for the kingdom. He went with us to Yasaka, which is over an hour away from his house, and he went with us to Sal Saseda, which, which is almost an hour from his house. He went with us just so he could minister and, and be with us, not just the community of his that we ministered in, because he was one of the churches that we helped to support while we were there. And for those who know, we as a church support him Right now, it's hypothetically. No, it's literally. We just haven't been able to get the funds to him yet, but I've got the information I need through Ethan. Your son translated something for me that I needed, the last piece of the puzzle, I believe. But uh, Raphael also sent us a letter. And uh, 
he, he sent it to me. He said, my brother and pastor, I hope, to you, I hope that you all had an excellent trip and hope you would be protected by the powerful hand of God. We're thankful you have all paid attention to the calling the Lord is for, has for you. May God continue to bless you. We will, be waiting to, we will be waiting here in the river, the missionary center in Tamboril, Santiago, Dominican Republic. You say, the river? He came to me on Saturday, and he said, I want to ask you a question. And uh, Jennifer was interpreting for me. He said, do you want me to name my church the river? And I said, no. I said, I want you to name your church whatever the Lord has put in your heart. We just see your heart for the kingdom, and we want to partner with you. And he said, no, you don't understand. He said it was through a prophetic word which came through Ananya last year uh, that she said, I don't know. She was weeping, and uh, she was speaking to him. And uh, she said, I see you no longer as an associate pastor. And the kicker is his senior pastor was also his father-in-law. And she said, I don't see you as an associate pastor. I see you as, an, as a pastor, senior pastor. And that's something. And here's this man. He's in his 30s, and he just begins to weep when Ananya gives him this word. He's just broken, and he weeps because that's something the Lord has put in his heart. And um, so that word was shared. And he said, no. He said, it was the confirmation of what the Lord had put in my heart that came through, through the river. And he said, it's the river that has supported me and stood behind me when my pastor didn't. He said, I would be honored to call the name of the church the river. So when you come back to the Dominican Republic, you can come to your, to your church, is what he said, in the DR. And so his church is going to be called the River Missionary Center in Tamboril. So we don't even have a building yet, but we've got our first church plant in Tamboril. <laughs> Dominican Republic. Amen. That is so awesome. But his heart is just such, has such a passion for the Lord. And uh, to see him just hungry. And his, we had a meeting outside of his mom's front of her house. And there was a street. And there was, what, like 100 people in the road. And uh, it was a gravel, sand, broken cinder block road. <laughs> Because their roads are whatever they can throw in it to, to fill it up. That's what it becomes. And we did skits on broken cinder block and sand and gravel. And uh, it, was, it was just amazing to see how the presence of the Lord really ministered the whole time that we were there. So I'm going to show you a few, few pictures. We actually have two different slideshows. So I'm going to see what I can get up. And then... Uh, I try to talk through them. They go pretty fast. Yes. Yeah. Joshua, you pull those down. You pull at least three of them down. Just set the other one on the floor so it doesn't get too heavy right there on that side. Yeah. Just set it down. All right. You like it? <laughs> nice. You didn't know it had a white out there, huh? 
Alright. Great. I can't find any of them. Somebody tell a story while I'm fumbling through. We're going to do tootie ta in just a minute. As a matter of fact, we'll do tootie ta while I'm looking. Guys, come up. Everybody stand up. I was going to save this for the end, but we're going to do it now. Everybody stand up. Everybody, everybody. I told you it was going to be total participation. All right, who's bold in my group? All right, get up here on this. Move my iPad. Please don't step on it. Catherine, yeah. <laughs> All right. Now we're going to do this twice. It's in Spanish. I'm going to explain it to you. Um, all right, the first, here's, here's what the song says. Are you listening? It'll say, first it says, Pogares arriba, which means thumbs up. Codos atras, which means elbows back. Pies aparte, which means feet apart. Rodillas, rodillas juntas, which means knees together. Nalgas arriba, which means bottoms up. Ojos crados, which means eyes closed. Lingua fuera, which means tongue sticking out. And todos dan vuelta, which means all turn around. So those are the, they're gonna, it's going to be in Spanish, but we're going to do it in... Um, they're going to ex- demonstrate it for you. So the first time, we're going to show you how to do it. Second time, everybody's doing it together. Turn that up. That's loop, Diana. Turn the loop up. Turn it up. There you go. Arriba, ojos cerrados, tunita, tunita, 
another skit that we did. Mel found a... Uh... All right, so y'all ready? I'll do it. Okay, I ain't scared. Y'all ready? Y'all excited? This is, the way, this is the way we would start almost every meeting, just to get the kids involved. And there may be pictures of me doing it with my eyes closed and my tongue out. And they say, you want me to take it out? I said, absolutely not, man. I'm all about it. We, I ain't scared. We had it. We had a good time. So I do have one of the. Yeah, we did nada, nada, nada. Yeah. Okay, you ready? Here we go. Oh, y'all too dignified. You got to get past yourself. A tootie-ta, a tootie-ta, a tootie-ta-ta. A tootie-ta, a tootie-ta, a tootie-ta-ta. Arribas, coros, atrás. A tootie-ta, a tootie-ta, a tootie-ta-ta. A tootie-ta, a tootie-ta, a tootie-ta-ta. Arribas, coros, atrás. Yes, aparte. A tootie-ta, a tootie-ta, a tootie-ta-ta. A tootie-ta, a tootie-ta, a tootie-ta-ta. Oros, atrás. Yes, aparte, juntas. Ah, yes, a parte, nagas, a a a a a a a coros, atrás. Yes, aparte, a tootie-ta, a tootie-ta, a tootie-ta-ta. A tootie-ta, a tootie-ta, a tootie-ta-ta. arribas, oros, atrás. Yes, aparte, rodillas, juntas, nalgas, arriba, ojos, cerrados, lenguas, 
You guys are awesome. Dion will make you a super festive hat with balloons next week. Super whatever you call it. Super duper. Yeah, Fiesta Sombrero. Woo! Great job. All right, some pictures. Hallelujah, that got me winded. This is Hannah and her little girl from last year. This is Miguel. This was Josh's son last year. <laughs> and that's the march up the hill. Me and my beautiful daughter. I marched in a tie, just so you know. There's Dion and his balloons. This is, and Dion. This is in Yasika. That's Ombriora, Ombriores. It's me and Stephen in the Sir Capitan, Super Capitan. That's Jennifer. Kids praying to receive the Lord. Me putting on a bracelet. This M. We would give the kids a bracelet when they receive the Lord. And I don't remember the name of this village. This is Pastor uh, Enrique. M was a little moved. What was the name of it? Pontesuelas. Praying for this lady. Stephen loving on her. There she is with Savannah and Tisha. This is the everything skit. Stephen got to be Jesus this year. This, um, this building here, you see all the people, they were standing around the outside. The power in the village went out, and we were the only place that had power, so people came from everywhere. <laughs> I see how I diverted you from that picture? <laughs> we went down to this door and prayed for a woman inside of that door. Uh, it was awesome. Savannah and her little girl. Me sharing my testimony. We couldn't get our sound system up, so Dion said, Todd, share your testimony. This is in Tamboril. We had an opportunity to pray with the mayor there, and it was phenomenal. That's the people coming down to the altar call that Emily had given. That was the people...
That's Lucas. Yeah, this isn't Tom Barilla, the different part. There's Lucas with John. That's me and my baby. After we'd prayed for Lucas. There's the hats. And it began. That's Raphael that we support with Emily. Again. Nada, 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 nada. Sin Jesus no tienes nada. I am rocking tootie tot. That's all I'm saying. There's Curtis with his some old tootie ta. Male rocking the tongue on the tootie ta. I was a bad guy in the skit. That's sir, super capita. They're trying to pull Jessica apart. That's Jennifer and Ananya. Yeah. Here they are. That's Conrado right there. There's John and Hannah. John's the one that received our sound system. We didn't think y'all knew what a cow looked like, so we wanted to show you one. Yeah, all the kids wanted a, a spot, a sword. This is Hannah. We were praying for the other little boy. This is Kids Club. There were 400 kids in this building as we were ministry. Miss Mayo, sharing. Hector's one of our drivers. Stephen would pump a balloon up but wouldn't tie it or make anything. <laughs> he pumped up a bunch of balloons. That's the Haitian village. Ashley and Mary. Savannah. This is our fun day. Some of it. There's Conrad. This is Conrad. Oh, snaps. Hold on. I forgot about this. It's okay. It won't hurt. He's not that dark. <laughs> really, he's not that dark. It just wasn't enough light when we videoed. I'll show you other pictures of Conrad. I promise he's not that dark. Let me... Um, let me see if I can back it up a little bit. Somebody, 
<laughs> All right, let me see if I can get this working, this other one. <laughs> <laughs> 